0: How are you guys doing, Woodland Church? Yeah, you look great. And I want to say welcome to all you guys that are satellites. You look great in Atascacita, though I can't really see you, but I know you look great. And you guys at North Point, you look great. Um, It's so exciting to know that God is up to something amazing at Woodland Church. And I really believe that God wants to speak to you today from his word in a really personal and powerful way that will change your life, because God's word is life changing. We're in this series we're calling Jesus Uncensored. Now last week, the CEOs of all of the largest social media platforms testified before Congress again. And again, they were hammered by both sides of the political aisle Uh, for two main reasons. First, because of the laws that are on the books that protect them from being sued and make them not liable for the content on their sites. And secondly, most of them have been censoring. Now, they claim they're not. They claim they believe in free speech. They're just stopping misinformation from being posted. They're just stopping lies from being posted. But there's a huge problem with that. That means just a a few experts on the truth get to decide the flow of information. And by the way, Communist China in their constitution has freedom of speech, did you know that? Yeah, they have freedom of speech. They say we believe in freedom of speech, it's just against the law to lie. And so if you say something negative about the Communist government, then they put you in jail because of the lie that you told. Now this censorship issue is not going away anytime soon and all these issues about social media aren't going away, going away anytime soon, and I think they're important issues for our democracy, but we've been talking about a much bigger censorship problem that's going on and been going on for hundreds of years. It's the censorship of the real Jesus Christ through the centuries. You see, we've tried to censor Jesus. We've tried to make him safer and more sanitized. So we can feel safer and more comfortable about how we live our lives. You see, Jesus was a safe haven for sinners. But make no mistake, he was dangerous to the self-righteous religious leaders of his day. Jesus was a safe haven for the down and out, for the outcasts of society, for the lowest of the low. He was always a safe place. But make no mistake about it, he was dangerous to the pompous and prideful elite of his day. And today we're going to see that Jesus was safe for those who humbly seek the truth and follow the truth wherever it leads. Jesus has always been a safe place for those who don't have all the answers, but they're really humbly authentically seeking the truth. Jesus Christ has always been a safe place for seekers, but yet, make no mistake about it, he is dangerous to the prideful experts who think they have all the answers. And he always has been. And so we're going to look today at how Jesus is dangerous to the experts. And I want us to open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter one. And would you stand in honor of God's word? It's one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. I'm going to skip around just a little bit, but, but you'll get it. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Dear God, I thank you that you are the true expert of everything. And we need you desperately in these really confusing times. Lord, it's really hard to know what's real, what's not, what's true, and what's not. Lord, it's really difficult to make decisions in our own personal lives because of all the confusion. But Lord, I know that you are the divine expert who wants to guide every step of our lives and you love us so deeply. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would just empty us of pride, that you would empty us, Lord, of thinking we've got all the answers and that we would look to you, the answer, and we would follow you with all of our hearts because I know that you wanna guide each and every one of us into a place of wisdom and blessing and strength and your provision. And Lord, I know that there's so many hurting, so many going through pain and difficulties. And Lord, we just pray for your healing touch. We all are broken in some area of our lives, but we need your wholeness and your healing. So I pray that you'd meet everyone wherever they are. I pray for those who are worshiping with us through our online and broadcast ministry. I know there are thousands right now connected. Let them know that you're right there with them. Everyone at our campuses, let them know that you're right there with them. That you know what they're going through, and you're in control. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. I love this passage. It's pretty amazing to think about that the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. Now there is no foolishness in God, but if there were foolishness in God, he's saying even the foolishness of God would be so much higher than human wisdom. And God says here that I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. I love that. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. I think one of the most frustrating things about the year 2020 has been that the so-called experts have either been completely wrong or they're always changing their expert opinions on just about everything. From the pandemic to the pollsters, and by the way, got everything wrong again, it just seems like it's hard to know what is really true. And 2020 has kind of exposed the experts as being very human and very flawed. And human wisdom is being very limited. And then we have leaders who tell us their expert guidance and we're to follow it, but they don't follow it themselves. And that gets really frustrating. And folks, I believe it's important to look at the facts and to gather the facts. I think it's important during the pandemic to look at the science and really uh, dig in and uh, read and research and find out what they're finding out on the front lines and in research. I, I think that's very important to do and then you make a decision on what's best to keep your family safe and to keep others safe as best you can because there's a lot of confusing information out there. But I know some people will just take what one expert says and and they will just say that's what I'm going to do, whatever they say I'm going to do, or one or two experts that that's what I'm going to do, and I don't think that's so wise. And then there are others that go, well, if those experts say that, I'm going to do just the opposite, and I think. That's even dumber, more than likely. I think what's important is to gather as much facts as you can and look at it, but then you take it to the expert. You take it to the expert, God. And as for God's wisdom, which is so much greater than human wisdom, human wisdom has its limits, and so that's what we've tried to do all through 2020 is go, God, you know, we're looking at all this, we're listening to people who you know, who are experts in this field and all that, but we go to you, the expert, and show us what we're to do. Show us the next step we're to take. We wanna follow you with all of our hearts. I also think it's easy to get frustrated at the so-called experts and ignore the pride in our own lives. It's always easy to point at someone else and miss out on the pride in our own lives and not really deal with it, and we miss out on God's wisdom and God's blessing in our own lives, because we all start to think that we're experts on how to live our own lives. And as we believe that we're experts on how to live our own lives, it puts us in a dangerous place to miss out on God's blessing. Well, today, we're gonna see Jesus, the dangerous destroyer of pompous pride, emptying a fisherman of his pride so he could fill his nets to overflowing. And what a powerful miracle. Let me give you a little background. Simon Peter and his business partners were professional fishermen. Now they didn't know a lot about a lot of things, but one thing they prided themselves in was knowing how to fish in the Sea of Galilee. They were experts at it. And so they knew that they knew everything there was to know about fishing in the Sea of Galilee. They had done it for years. Probably most of their fathers had done that and grandfathers had done that and so it had been passed down through the centuries to them, this profession of fishing and they didn't have a lot they could hang their hat on but they were experts when it came to fishing in the Sea of Galilee until one night One long night of fishing all night long and not catching anything, that one long night had to have shaken their confidence, had to have made them start to doubt their expertise when it came to the fishing industry in the Sea of Galilee. Now, before the passage that we're going to read, just before that, we see in Scripture that Simon Peter and his business partners were putting away the boats on shore and they were cleaning the nets and that was something that you had to do every time you finished fishing. You had to clean your equipment because you relied on your expertise and your equipment. And so they had to clean the boats and they had to clean the nets, oil the nets, fold the nets and hang the nets up to preserve the nets because their equipment was so important to them. And so they had to do that whether they caught any fish or not. Uh, so think about it for a moment. Here they are doing all the hard grunt work that they always had to do after they finished a night of fishing, whether they caught any fish or not and they hadn't caught a thing. It must have been so discouraging to work just as hard but have nothing to show for it. You see, if they didn't catch any fish, they didn't get paid. If they didn't get paid, they couldn't provide for their family. So I'm sure that as they were doing all this hard work, after this long night of not catching a thing, I'm sure they were so discouraged, they were probably filled with anxiety, wondering how they're gonna feed their family. I mean, their business took a nosedive that night. And I'm sure it filled them with worry, just wondering what the next day would hold, and I'm sure their failure made them start to doubt just a little bit their expertise. You know, they, they thought they knew what they were doing. Everything had been going good and then boom, nothing. And then Jesus Christ enters the picture. And I believe that Christ allows failures into our lives many times to get us ready to receive his blessing. Because without those failures, we wouldn't be ready to receive what he wants to give us because we would be too full of pride to open ourselves up to be filled with his blessings and his strength. And when I'm full of myself, I can't be full of Christ. And, and so, I, I believe that many times God allows a failure into our lives so that we'll be open to when Christ comes in at our point of need to meet our need and to bless us and to give us his provision. And so maybe you've gone through a failure. You know, it's you've gone through this failure in a business. You've gone through a failure in a relationship. You've gone through a failure in your life. and. It's really shaking your confidence. And you're at this point of failure where you're feeling really discouraged and really down. Open your eyes. Jesus is coming. He's gonna enter the picture because he always comes in at our point of need. And usually it's after a failure because that's when we're most receptive. That's when our pride is at its lowest so that his provision can be at its highest. Open your eyes, Jesus is coming. He's gonna come into that situation. Be ready to receive him, be ready to obey him, be ready to follow him because he's the expert of everything. And so now I want us to read the passage. Because Jesus comes in and at first he preaches on Simon Peter's boat and then beginning in Luke five, verse four, it says when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Simon says to Jesus, master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. And you can almost hear the discouragement and frustration in his voice. Hey, we've done everything that we can do and we're the experts and we've come up empty. He was frustrated. And when you don't have the divine expert to guide you in each step of your life, life can be frustrating. You see, we make our expert plans and then our plans get blown up and we get so frustrated. We make our own little plans and they're perfect little plans and then it ends up it's not God's plan and it can be so frustrating. 2020 has been a year where I think we've all found out that our plan's not God's plan. Have you found that out sometime during the year? Sometimes you make a little plan. I think probably for every business if you've made your 2020 business plan last year, things haven't gone as planned. We've all made our plans and things haven't gone as planned. When I make my plans and and I see that God's plan is different from my plan, it's frustrating. I go, God, my plan was a really godly plan. And God says, yeah, but it wasn't my plan. What God are you talking about here? And when things don't go your way and you don't see what God is doing, you don't see what God is up to, you're really susceptible to the deadly D's, disillusionment, discouragement, desperation. So have you experienced the deadly D's? Just know this, in 2020, God is just as in control as he was in 2019, just as he was 2,000 years ago, just as he always be, he will be. God is in control. He is the king, and he's always in control. But Simon Peter says, I worked hard all night, we haven't caught anything, our nets are empty. Now he was saying our nets are empty, but I think he was saying something much deeper there. He was saying that our nets look a lot like our lives. Empty. Our nets look a lot like our lives feel right now. We feel empty on the inside. We're running on fumes. We got nothing in the tank. We're just emotionally empty. We're not fulfilled. We're not experiencing satisfaction in life. We're just empty on the inside. For you see, without the divine expert guiding our lives, life feels empty. They had already met Jesus Christ. They hadn't known him for very long, but they already had a relationship with Jesus Christ. But apparently they were still trying to find their significance in their successes. And that's a really dangerous game because you have one failure, you lose your significance. A failure comes your way and all your significance goes out the window. They had tied up their self-worth in their successes. And that's poisonous because your self-worth can't be tied up in your successes. Your self-worth does not equal your net worth. Your life can be filled with the finest things that money can buy and be completely empty. Your schedule can be filled with important meetings with powerful people and yet your life be empty. There's a big difference between a full life and a full schedule. Some of you got a full schedule but your life's not full. You feel empty on the inside. Well that emptiness can lead me to the expert who can fill me. So I wanna share with you three simple but profound things. Three brief things that can really allow the expert of everything to guide you. And you can have the divine expert guiding you and you can be full of life and peace and power and God's provision during this time. First. Invite the true expert into my emptiness. I've gotta invite the true expert into my emptiness. Emptiness is not a bad thing if it leads me to the one who can fill me. You see, when Christ would speak on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, people would crowd in all around him and you could barely see him. You couldn't hear him. And so they came up with this brilliant idea that Christ would get in Simon Peter's fishing boat and they would go out into the lake just a little ways and the people would sit on the hillside like an amphitheater and they could see Jesus, and his voice would then carry over the waters, and and he sort of used Simon Peter's boat as a platform to preach from. And here's the point. If Simon Peter hadn't allowed Jesus to use his boat, this miracle would have never happened. If Simon Peter hadn't invited Jesus into his boat, this miracle of provision would have never taken place. And until you invite Jesus, into your business, the divine expert can't guide you. Until you invite Jesus into your marriage, the divine marriage counselor can't guide you. Until you invite Jesus into your finances, the greatest financial advisor of all time cannot guide you. Until you invite Jesus into your relationships, until you invite Jesus into your hobbies, until you invite Jesus onto your boat, he can't bring his miracle provision and blessings and wisdom into your life. And so the wisest thing Simon Peter did was invite Jesus Christ onto his boat. Remember the wedding at Cana. Jesus' first miracle, he turned water into wine. I mean, the smartest thing that couple ever did was invite Jesus to the wedding. For those of you who are getting ready to get married, invite Jesus to your wedding and to your marriage and to your family, invite Jesus in. That's the smartest thing you will ever do because he can work miracle after miracle of provision that you could never have without him. And I'm talking about the things that money can't buy. I'm talking about the things that mean everything, peace, power and strength, provision, that fulfillment that only he can give and that significance that's not tied to your successes or to your net worth. I mean real significance where your life matters. Well, we see here that Simon Peter invites Jesus onto the boat. Jesus finishes preaching. And then in Luke 5, verse 4, he says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. So Jesus tells Simon Peter, I- I'm going to teach you how to fish. Let me give you a fishing lesson. Let- let's put out into deep water and, and cast your nets out there. Now Peter and all professional fishermen knew that the way you fished in the Sea of Galilee was you fished at night, in the cool of the night, in the shallows. You didn't fish in the heat of the day in deep water. That's just not the way it was done. That went against all expert advice. But Jesus told Simon Peter to do something that didn't make complete sense to him. And when it comes to receiving the miracle of provision, and getting the divine expert's guidance, there are going to be times where he's gonna ask you to do something that will not make sense to you. He's gonna ask you to take a step of faith and to trust him that he knows better than you do. Because he wants to empty us of our pride so he can fill us with his power. So many times we say to Jesus, could you explain that a little more, Jesus? At least Simon Peter didn't do that, did he? He didn't say, okay, Jesus, I mean, that goes completely against expert advice, so I'm gonna need you to write me a paper on that as to why I really should do that because I don't really get it right now, and until I can completely understand everything about it, I am not going to do what you say. That's the way a lot of times we act as Christ followers, is like, Lord, you've gotta explain every detail to me so I know it's the right thing to do. You gotta explain every detail to me so I know that it's gonna work out. And Jesus said, no, you gotta take a step of faith because without faith it's impossible to please me. He's trying to build our faith. He's trying to teach us to trust him that he knows what's best. And so it brings me to a second thing. Empty my pride so I can receive God's provision. I've gotta empty my pride so I can receive God's provision. Now Simon Peter was fine with Jesus preaching from his boat. He was probably proud that Jesus Christ was preaching from his boat. Everyone is listening to this great teacher. I'm sure Simon was thinking, this is wonderful. But when Jesus stopped preaching and started telling Simon Peter how to fish, it was another story altogether. As Simon Peter was the expert in that area and Jesus was messing with his area of expertise and Jesus loves to mess with our area of expertise because he wants us to learn that we have to give everything to him and trust him in every area so he can take it to a new level. And so Simon Peter is frustrated about this. How do I know that? Because the Greek word there for master, when he says, Master, we've worked hard all night, haven't caught anything, that's what he replies to him. That word master is a term of respect for an expert teacher. Think about that for a moment. Jesus had just finished teaching, and Peter was saying, Jesus, I respect your teaching. You are a great teacher. Believe the fishing to me. I don't respect your fishing ability. See, his pride welled up within him. He's saying, I am the expert fisherman. Jesus, stick to what you do best, the spiritual stuff. You stick to the spiritual stuff. Fishing is my business, so stay out of my business. And that's the way we act with Christ many times. It's like, well, well, I've got this now. Jesus, I'll give you the spiritual stuff. I'll give you church and all that, but, but, but this is not the spiritual stuff. Uh, I mean, this is practical business here, Jesus. Or, or this is my marriage, Jesus. This is, I mean, you don't get this. And, and Jesus says, I'm the expert of everything. In verse five, the second part of the verse, Peter says this, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. So Peter obeys on the outside, but on the inside, he was still full of pride. Because basically he was saying, okay, Jesus, I'm gonna do this because you say so, but you're gonna see it's a waste of time. It's not gonna work because you don't fish in deep water in the middle of the day. We've already done this. We did it all night. We're the experts, Jesus. But because you say so, I'm gonna do it, and it'll show you that it's just a complete waste of time. That's the way he was acting, but at least he obeys and he drops the nets into the deep water half-heartedly and boom, a boatload. No, two boatloads full of fish. Jesus almost sinks his boat to get the point across that he knows what he's doing, that he knows what he's talking about, I mean, just get the picture. He's putting the nets, and they had these huge nets that they would, that's how they fished back then in the Sea of Galilee, put these nets in the water, and he's just kinda doing it half-heartedly, but he's at least obeying Jesus. And then he starts to lift it up, and he can't. What's going on? And then everyone in the boat tries to lift it up and bring it up, and they can barely get in the boat, and they get in the boat, the boat starts to sink. It's so full. And then they call their partners over and they dump some in their boat and their boat starts to sink, two boatloads full of fish. I mean, Jesus got the point across, didn't he? I guess he had to really emphasize it. You can keep doing what you're doing because yeah, you're an expert or you can turn to me, the expert of everything. And I can do what you could never do. I could do through you what you could never do. I could give you what you could never have. I could do in your life and through your life what you could never do through your life. I'll offer you the great adventure. But it won't be safe, it won't be comfortable. But it will be a great adventure. You see, at least he obeyed, even in that half-hearted obedience, it brought blessing. Obedience brings blessing. When we obey God's word, when we obey the expert of everything, it brings blessing. When we obey, when we don't understand it completely, when we obey, when we don't have it all figured out, and we obey God's word, it brings blessing. Jesus filled Simon Peter's nets, but he couldn't fill his life until Simon Peter emptied himself of his pride, and that's what happened next. In verse eight it says, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. I mean, he repented right then and there because he realized Jesus knew what he'd been thinking the whole time. He just falls at Jesus' feet and he says, Lord. Doesn't call him master. And the word Lord in the Greek is kyrios, And it literally means controller of everything. Peter was saying, out of my pride, I called you a great teacher, but stick to your teaching and stay out of my business. But now I know that you're the expert of everything. You're the controller of everything. What was I thinking? And he falls at Jesus' feet. All his ego is emptied out so he can experience a life that's filled. He can experience peace and power. And you've got to invite the expert of everything into your expertise, invite the expert of everything into every area of your life to put him first, in every area. But I want you to see how obedience activates the miracle of provision. Obedience is always the thing that activates God's provision. There was a time in the Old Testament when the people weren't obeying God with their finances and doing what God had commanded to give back the first 10% to put God first. And here's what God says in Haggai six. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you're putting them in pockets filled with holes. You're saying you work really hard, but you're not satisfied. You're always empty. You're saying you have stuff, but it just leaves you empty on the inside. And then you have holes in your pockets, and so everything you get, you don't know where it went. You're never satisfied, you're not fulfilled. You see, I believe that every Christ follower has what I call a divine fishing net. It's a divine fishing net from God where we can catch the blessings of the great expert, where we can catch the blessings of God's provision. And it's a giant fishing net that he gives each and every one of us, but disobedience tears holes in our divine fishing net. And so when I disobey God, it tears holes in the divine fishing net, and so they slip right through. And there's so many blessings I missed out on because of the holes in my divine fishing net when God's asked me to obey, but I've hesitated. When God has asked me to obey, but I've kind of dug my heels in. Give Simon Peter credit, at least he did what Jesus said. And it went against all expert advice. He did what Jesus said. And sometimes God tells us in his word something that doesn't make total sense to us. And when we take a step of faith, that obedience brings blessing. It activates the blessings of God. You see in Malachi 3.10, God tells the people, if you will just obey me in this financial area, if you will give back that first 10%, then I will meet your needs and open the windows of heaven, and I will fill you up. In fact, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. God says you can put him to the test in this area. No other area are we allowed to put God to the test in except for the financial area. I guess he knows that's an area that's really important to us. And so it's a hard one to let go. And so he says, I want you to give back the first 10%. Now why did God say 10% and not 5% or 2% or 20%? Why did he say 10%? I don't know, but that's what he said. I do know the purpose of it. Scripture tells us the purpose of tithing is to teach us to put God first in an important area of our life. And God says, if you put me first in this area, not last, not by giving me the leftovers, but you put me first, then I will meet your needs. I will get you through. I will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out blessings on you. that are so great. You won't be able to contain it all in your divine fishing net. And he's talking about things money can't buy, the things that are most important, peace and purpose and fulfillment, significance. But he's also saying, I'm gonna meet your needs, financially, but you gotta put me first. So it doesn't make sense. It's not about making sense. Chris and I, when we first got married, said we're going to put God first, and we're going to tithe to get back that first ten percent because we had read that over fifty percent of all marriages that end in divorce, divorce, because it starts with financial arguments. And we said, you know what? We're going to put God first in that area because we need Him in this area. We're going to put God first. God gets paid first, even when we you know, have nothing, hardly, we're gonna give God first payment before all the other bills. God's going first because it's the most important and we're gonna obey him in that. And God always provides. God always comes through. There'll be difficult days, difficult moments, but God will always come through as he teaches us to put him first. Disobedience puts holes in the divine fishing net and God wants to mend your divine fishing net and he mends it through obedience so you're ready to catch the blessings of God. But I want you to see a third thing. I've got to surrender my plan and follow the expert of everything. It says in Luke 5.11, so they pulled their boats on shore, left everything and followed him. They surrendered their possessions. They surrendered their profession. They surrendered their little expert plan, and they followed him. Now there's evidence from scripture that Simon Peter didn't get rid of his fishing business, that he didn't sell his fishing business, he, he still fished, but he gave the business to God. He gave the business to Jesus Christ to, to use for his glory. He realized that there's only one expert, and he gave, it, he gave his possessions to Christ and said, "God." I want you to do what you want with him. He gave his little plan to Christ, and Christ blew away his little plan and gave him a plan that he could never have dreamed. And that's what he does in our lives. When we give him our little plan and let him take over, he implements his expert plan. And when we allow the expert to guide us, Christ will lead me to first a bigger vision we're always thinking way too small for the Lord God. In fact, it says in Luke 5, 6, and 7, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. You see, they had too small a vision. They needed a bigger boat. They needed a couple bigger boats. That's what they needed. But they didn't have it because they had a smaller vision. And when you begin to let the expert of everything guide your life, what happens is He expands your vision. He gives you a bigger vision for what your life can be. He gives you a bigger vision for the influence and the impact that you can have and the significance and the difference that you can make. He just opens up a whole new vision for you because your little plan was way too small. But then the second thing, he gives you a stronger faith. Christ will lead me to a stronger faith. It says in Luke 5, 9, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. I love that word astonished. God loves to astonish his kids. God wants to astonish you with his power and with his provision. God wants to astonish you. Think about so many times when God has astonished me. This is one of those times in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of 2020, God is moving in our church in such an amazing way as we keep stepping out in faith, stepping out in faith, stepping out in faith to do what he's called us to do. And somehow God comes through and he comes through and he comes, but it's always stepping out in faith first. We're always stepping out in faith first and we're out on that limb, but God is moving like never before. God is working. We've been meeting the needs of thousands of people in our area, who are hurting, and around the world. God is moving, God is working. He's still on the throne, and yes, I look forward to a day when this pandemic is over, and life hopefully never returns to normal. We don't go back to the way it used to be when we didn't make time for relationships, when we didn't appreciate connection and community. And we didn't really understand how life can change in an instant, we never go back to normal, but it's better than normal. It's a whole new day, it's a whole new way, and it's following the expert of everything, each and every step of the way. He wants to give you a strong, he wants to astonish you. God wants to astonish you. and you take a step of faith and he will, but then a higher purpose. So then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. God always takes what we give him and he turns it into a higher purpose, that's what he did. Simon Peter didn't sell his fishing business, but he said, I'm gonna use it for a higher purpose so that you can reach people and you can catch people and you can fish for men and women to bring them into the kingdom and salvation. I'm gonna give you a higher purpose that's gonna fill you with significance and you're gonna know your life matters. God wants to give us a higher purpose but we have to turn everything over and surrender everything to the expert of everything. There's a lot of debate today on sports talk, radio and television about the GOAT. It's always about the GOAT. You know, it all, The conversations always go back to the GOAT. Who is the GOAT, the greatest of all time when it comes to basketball? Is it Michael Jordan or LeBron James? When it comes to football, who is the greatest of all time? Is it Tom Brady, Joe Montana? Is Patrick Mahomes gonna be the GOAT one day? Is he? Coming up on that, it's always about who is the goat, the greatest of all time? There there are even some sites out there that talk about the the goat preacher. Who is the greatest of all time preacher? There's no such thing, really, as a goat, the greatest of all time, except for one who is the greatest of all time in everything. The goatee, the greatest of all time in everything. You're gonna remember that. You're going to forget all the other good stuff I said. You're going to remember that corny thing. I'm so, that's discouraging. But anyway, <laughs> He is the greatest of all time, Jesus Christ. There's only one goat, the greatest of all time, Jesus Christ. He's the greatest of all time in everything, and you can count on it. There is no debate about it. He is the greatest of all time, and He wants to guide your life. He's the expert in everything but we have to surrender everything to him so that he can take it to a higher purpose and give us a bigger vision and a stronger faith. Let's bow together and pray. Dear God, I thank you that you love us so much. Your wisdom is so beyond us. And Lord, the cross seems like foolishness to the world that you the God of the universe would humble yourself and lower yourself to die on a cross for all our sins it makes no sense to some and it's foolishness to others and it's, it's degrading to some but Lord for us who are being saved it's the power of God and we thank you Lord for your wisdom that is so much greater than anything we could ever come up with on our own We receive your wisdom and your grace and your strength and your power. Lord, empty us of our pride right now so that we can experience all of you and you can fill us up. I pray for those who are really going through a difficult time. Lord, they've been seeking you and following you, but now they're going through a really painful time, maybe financially, maybe in their business, maybe in a relationship. Lord, I know that that obedience always brings blessing. And sometimes there's a weight, Lord, a testing of our faith, but I thank you that we can always count on you. Let them know right now that you're going to see them through, that you're going to meet their needs. And Lord, I pray for others who haven't really stepped out. Lord, they've just got holes in their divine net, and they wonder where it all goes, and they wonder why there's no fulfillment. Lord, help them trust you in the most practical areas of our lives. They're wondering where all their time goes, Lord, but you're not first in their schedule. They're wondering where all their money goes, but you're not first in their finances. They're wondering, Lord, why there's no fulfillment in their relationships, but you're not first in their relationships. Lord, help them see that you're the expert in everything, and let's surrender everything to you so that you can take it to a whole new level. And I pray for those who've never received you, that right now they would just say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins, and I, I just give up to you. I surrender to you and ask for your grace forgiveness and salvation and I want you the expert in everything to guide my life from now on I accept your free gift of heaven I couldn't earn it or deserve it but I receive you I surrender myself and my life to your lordship in Jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer Christ came into your life he'll never leave you he'll never forsake you he'll always be in your life it's the greatest decision you could ever make Let's cheer for those who just received Christ. And I hope for those of you online that you will now talk to a pastor who's online and connect with them about how to grow in your faith. And everyone here, you can meet with a pastor out front. We have our prayer people out at the fountain, I believe, today. If you need someone to pray for you for a miracle, for strength, for healing, for provision, God answers prayers. And now it's time for us to give. It's Thanksgiving this Thursday and on Thanksgiving, there's not a lot of thanks or giving that takes place usually. There's a lot of eating and there's a lot of football and I love Thanksgiving. But why don't we do some thanks and some giving this year? Some thanks and some giving to put God first, to thank him and to give to him for his glory. Give because you love God and put him first. The way you do it, if you're at one of our campuses, like here in the Woodlands, just take out your smartphone. Just do that right now, take out your smartphone And you can text GIVEWC to 77977, and you can just give right there. One time gift, you can set up recurrent gift, but GIVEWC, one word, to 77977. Or you can give at home online, wc.org slash give, and you can get it set up there. If you haven't done that, if you procrastinated, do it now before Thanksgiving. We can't all give the same amount, but we can all give. We can all give, and God's using it to make a difference. Give because you love him and because you love what God's doing through the ministries of Woodland Church is we're making a huge impact. You can give a check. You can mail it in to the church. You can give on your way out the generosity boxes. You can give stocks or assets before the end of the year here. It's so important. Let's give this Thanksgiving to show Jesus Christ our love and then to say, I'm taking a step of faith, and I'm going to believe you, Jesus, that you will meet my needs. It's time to go on the great adventure and experience the blessings of God as he mends our divine fishing nets so we can catch all the blessings that he wants to give us. And Will and Church, let's stand, and I want us to sing a proclamation, a declaration. This Thanksgiving, we're praying for your family, for safety, for strength, for health, for blessings. But most importantly, we're praying that you'll experience the expert of everything and his power and strength and provision in your life. Let's sing to him. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.